hanging out with you on a, uh, I guess it's Thursday already. Boy, time flies when you're having fun. Thank you for joining us here on Twitch TV. Unless you're watching the replay or listening to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Or you're checking out the show on 315live.fm. That's our home base. Thank you for all of that. Let's turn this down a little bit. There we go. What's going on, everybody? We got all kinds of interesting things going down today. Lots of news stories. A little bit of uh, hot takes. I've been getting into some nonsense with people on Facebook. And, well, fuck it. We'll bring it to Twitch, right? That'll be a good time had by all. Let's jump right into it. Let's jump into something funny. (laughs) I saw this yesterday, and this is one of those things that you see the post everywhere. And the caption that folks give is, this is not the onion. (laughs) Yahoo News reports it as, Trump tried to tweet without Twitter, and it went south in a hurry. I don't know if you can say it went south in a hurry, because it went the way that all Trump tweets and and idiotic statements like this go. His moron sycophants will, and everybody else will laugh at the stupidity. Here it is. Again, he can't tweet. He's been thrown off of Twitter for being the insurrectionist traitor that he is. He He can't go on any other platform. So he put out a press release. And the press release says, I hope everyone remembers. Let's pull it up. See if we can get the actual photo of it. I thought it was in that article and it like disappeared. Here we go. The office of Donald J. Trump, also known as the biggest loser. I hope everyone remembers when they're getting the COVID-19, often referred to as China virus vaccine, often referred to by you, you dumb racist fuck. I hope everyone remembers when they're getting the COVID-19 vaccine that if I wasn't president, which you aren't now, because you're a loser, you wouldn't be getting that beautiful shot for five years at best and probably wouldn't be getting it at all. I hope everyone remembers. Does everybody remember the incredible scientific research that Donald J. Trump personally embarked on to create this vaccine? Because without him, you wouldn't have it. I mean, ignore the fact that every other nation on earth has it. But without him, the United States wouldn't have it for five years, if ever. Aren't we all so lucky to have had a president who treated the thing like a hoax, downplayed it, tried to sell some bullshit chemical cure because he had money in the company that he didn't, by the way, take when he himself got the virus? Half a million people dead. Made masks a political issue. But if not for him, we wouldn't have this vaccine that the drug companies made. I, for one, appreciate him once in a while reminding us how fucking ridiculous he was. And how as much as I might bitch about Joe Biden, at least he's not putting out racist statements patting himself on the back from one of the most horrific failures in the history of civilization. 
But such is life, right? That is that is the mantra of this man. That is the uh, the draw of him. As we talked yesterday on the show, media consumption has dropped because this lunatic went away. You can see why. He's entertaining. You got to give him that. You know, had he not had a serious political position in the world, we could just laugh at him. Remember that time people drank Drano because of uh, the remarks in a press conference? I think it was bleach, but yeah. Yeah. Sure. I hope everyone remembers. That is unintentionally the best line of his piece right there. Because if you do remember, you know that Donald Trump had nothing to do with it. Also, you remember the story of Trump declining to purchase a large amount of vaccines in advance. So we could have had them. They could have they could have made that purchase in the summer. And we would have started out with considerably more vaccine than we have. They didn't fucking do that. But because of him. You're getting the vaccine. Pay no attention. To literally the entire rest of the globe. But I'm sure somehow that's that's because of him, too. Right? Fucking idiot. Fuck Trump. What's a little funny is I've got a a growing new audience that may not know me too well. And the thing they may not know about me is that I am a radical leftist. In American terms. If this was Europe, I would be a non-controversial moderate. Because the things that I want and I advocate for are a lot of the basic things that they have in all those other countries. But I think it's important for people to know, people that are conservative or, or even people that are establishment Democrats, because I shit on them more than anybody. But I, I, I would like people to know that if you don't agree with me, I'm cool with that. I'm not into the cancel nonsense. I, I think that's unrealistic. Because even though there are people like our biggest loser former president, uh, I would love to cancel them. I would love to pretend that that piece of shit doesn't exist. But that's not the case. And especially when he was in office, he was the president of the United States. You can't deny that. You can't pretend. You can't cancel. They're still here. We have to deal with them. And this idea of just dismissing everyone across the board is idiotic. But also, I want people to know, you know, what it means to me to be a leftist, because I, I, I would like them to understand, or at least I would, I would try to hope that they would understand that what that means to me is I am pro-human. All of them. I don't think one person or one class or one profession or one race or one gender puts anybody above anybody else. And I want the best situation for all of us. I want the best workers' rights and workers' salary. I want health care for every human being because I believe it's a human right. And I want some basic freedom. 
I'm not anti-gun. That, again, would be the establishment Democrats. We leftists are kind of pro-gun. We're not driving around with six of them on the, on the rack in the back window of our Chevy pickup truck. But we understand why you might want such a thing. And we understand that with the proper safety rules in place, that responsible gun owners follow anyway, they're the least of the issue. The person, the mindset, the mentality that wants to go out and kill, that's the issue. But uh, again, I just want to give folks a a kind of a basic understanding of who I am and, and what I believe. And I want you to know that if you disagree, that's cool, and I want your input. This is not... Okay, it's the Matt Major Show. It is all about me. But I want your input. And I want you to know that if I take a shit on a politician or a policy or something that you like, I'm really not trying to shit on you. I'm trying to explain my position, which, again, I I consider pro-human. Take it as you will. Jack says they may also not know that you are left-handed as well. It's true. I am a left-handed leftist. There are also people that will call me all kinds of things and, and tell me I can't possibly be leftist, you know, because I own a business, because I sort of believe to some degree in some sort of capitalism, although my idea of capitalism is something that offends capitalists. My idea and goal in running a business is to help other people. I don't mean in just a charity way, although that's part of it. But I mean, I I believe business is an engine that we can use to create good-paying jobs. And see, that's one of the things that it's one of these big misconceptions in business. They talk about the job creators, and they somehow pin that on employers and big companies. Sure, they pay a lot of people, but they don't want to. That hurts their bottom line. Their most important thing are the numbers on the screen, the profits, the margin, the growth. All numbers on a screen. All like watching a basketball scoreboard. Equally as meaningless. The more jobs they create, the less profit they make, the less margin they have. That's the opposite of what they want. Their life, their existence, their company's success lives and dies on those fake numbers on a screen. My mindset is different. My mindset is I would like you to judge me and my business's success based on the number of people we can sustainably employ. To me, that should be the measure of any business. Not how much more money did you put up on the scoreboard. How many more families did you make secure? I don't want to see a rise in profits. I want to see a rise in payroll. To me, business is a a way to get there. But again, you could be a hardcore leftist. You could be a democratic socialist. You could be a uh, radical conservative and try to call me all kinds of different things and tell me all kinds of different things don't fit. I don't really give a fuck. 
I call myself a leftist because I believe that fits me the best. There are lots of leftists that will tell me that I am not one because the most leftist thing on the planet is declaring somebody else isn't one. That's that's just a thing, unfortunately. But I, I, I'm, I'm saying all this because I'm trying to give people a background of where I'm coming from on all these different issues. Find me a way to make life better for average working folks. And, and I'm into it. And that is my goal. Artie says nobody hates leftists as much as leftists do. They do. It's true. And that's the thing. And that's why I, I tend to kind of hesitate with these terms. Because, again, anybody can argue, oh, you're not that. Okay. I'm not. I don't necessarily care about the fucking term. Call me whatever you want. But what I hope is that you understand what I believe in and what that means to me. If you think looking for universal health care and, and better access to education and higher wages makes me a whatever, call me that. But understand that's my goal. Understand that I just want a better world for my children and your children. And I think you might want the same thing, too, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on. And if people could just grasp this concept of our, our, our ideas, our ways to get there might be totally different, but we have the same goals, this world would be a different place. Because it's it's not left versus right. It's people versus the handful of controlling people, basically. It is more of a class thing. But, you know, back in the day you had multiple levels of classes. Now you basically have the super uber uber rich, the 1%, as Bernie would call them, and everybody else. And they've got us so hyped up on fighting with each other that we don't realize that the issue is with them. Because the funny part about them is, if you look close, they get that. They understand what I'm saying. That 1%, that top tier, it doesn't matter if they're left, right, Republican, Democrat. They work together. You know, when Joe Biden says, when I get in office, nothing will fundamentally change, he wasn't lying. The establishment Democrat Party and the establishment Republican Party, the same group of people, they work together to impose everything they want, left or right. The same type of shit happens on the large scale, on the financial scale. Maybe it's time for us to come together and realize Hey, that, that libtard who wants to give everybody health care actually wouldn't be such a bad thing. Something to think about. I'm not your enemy, my friends. Even if I disagree with you. Some good news real quick before we get into a couple of these more controversial stories. The Utica Community Fridge, you know, last week we filled the fridge in Herkimer. This is an effort uh, put on by a lot of the same people in Utica and Herkimer, New York. 
the Utica fridge was down. The news is now they've got a new location for the Utica fridge, and it will be back up and running this weekend. They have not given the address yet, but they said it's close to the original location. It's my guess that they don't want to send people there till it is actually up and running, probably on Saturday. <clears throat> but shout out to them and the people across this country that are taking part in these community fridges or even just supporting your traditional community food bank. That's a wonderful thing. And again, to talk about you know a, a universally generally agreed upon opinion I think left and right agree that it's crazy that we could be in the United States of America and have children that don't have enough to eat I don't know that anybody outside of the random prick troll would disagree with that bravo Utica happy to have that asset back in play as soon as we get the actual address when it's open, we'll, of course, give you that in Utica. The one in Herkimer, as we mentioned previously, was on Main Street in Herkimer. Now it's moved around the corner to in front of the Reformed Church. Shout out to those folks. More news on the Governor Cuomo situation. And, you know, if you've been listening to the show, you know I've been following this reluctantly. I don't really want to. It seems like he's not going anywhere. But this latest allegation is the most serious. In the past, many people could downplay the previous allegations. A lot of them, people admittedly would, would say, aren't even sexual harassment or sexual assault or anything along those lines. They're just inappropriateness. They're just straight-up toxic work environment. Not cool. Horrible issue on its own. But not the standard Harvey Weinstein, you know, rapist type of allegations until today. We now have a new allegation from a, I believe this is the sixth person. And this person is accusing Governor Cuomo of straight up groping her. She says that when she was alone with the governor, he closed the door, reached under her shirt and fondled her. That is a claim well beyond the other things that we've gotten in the past. Remember the previous, even anything close to it was the governor kissed my hand or the governor put his hand on my back. That was the only touching allegations to date, but this is a whole nother situation. And if this is true, which I don't know, I don't know why somebody would make it up, especially in something so high profile. This is by far the worst, and again, everybody's been calling for his resignation. I think with a story like this, it would be uh, insane if those calls didn't become amplified, and this might do it, buddy. Like, this this might be the straw that breaks his back. Apparently, the governor had summoned this woman to his mansion, the governor's mansion in Albany, because he needed help with his cell phone. If that's not the most boomer line ever, I don't know what would be. Help me figure out this cell phone. I'm going to grab your tits. I don't, he doesn't sound anything like that. I don't know. I, I'm the worst impressionist on the planet. But I think this is, this is bad. 
for the governor and for everybody. Because right or wrong, whether you think he should resign or not, that will result in, in turmoil in the state. And we will have a kind of a field promotion. Lieutenant governor will become governor. It's all bad. And I'm not saying that's a reason that the right action shouldn't be taken. I'm just saying this is an all-around shitty situation. And I, I, I worry if we'll ever be able to get ourselves out of these things. You know, is is this, will this always be a pattern? Will there always be assholes like this? Or will eventually people realize I can't treat people like shit or stick my hands up their shirts? I mean, the latter should be a lesson that I think most people already grasp, but I'm starting to wonder. Let's get into, let's get into this hot take. You may have seen this story. We'll give you a little news clip. And vigil tonight in the honor of Judson Album, the 17-year-old former Jamesville DeWitt student killed in an officer-involved shooting last week. Judson was shot in the woods off Apulia Road, not far from Jamesville Beach State Park. Authorities say officers were responding after a psychiatric crisis team from St. Joseph's requested help. Four officers from three different agencies fired their service weapons. All four are on leave right now. Investigators say Judson Album was not cooperating and ran off with what appeared to be a handgun. It turned out to be a realistic-looking BB gun. Those close to the teenager and his... A realistic-looking BB gun. It was just a real BB gun. That's what they look like. Families say more should have been done to help him. Melanie Johnson is working for you tonight. I bet she is. So this kid, he was 17. He committed suicide by cop. And, of course, the immediate reaction whenever any time something like this happens is the people want to back the blue and come up with all kinds of excuses for why they had to kill this child. Now let's peel back this particular story for just a moment. They were there on a mental health call. They didn't say so in this piece, but it has been reported in others that authorities were told that he had an airsoft gun. I understand the mindset of, it looks just like a regular gun. But at the same time, you had this knowledge in advance. You also knew in advance that this was a troubled person. You also had a mental health crisis team on the scene. And yet you had no other option but to kill him. That was your only tactic. That was the first thing you tried. And people argue... Well, if you see a gun pointed at you, you wouldn't want one of those police officers to die. No, I wouldn't. But I also don't believe that that immediately justifies killing somebody else. I I don't understand why a police officer's life is worth more than a child's. It's not to me. And people say, oh, you you just, you don't care if cops get killed. Not true at all. I don't want anybody to get killed. And the thing about this particular situation is, had they acted differently, nobody would have gotten killed. Now, yes, we do know that after the fact. And yes, at the time, 
You couldn't have known that for sure. But let's look at this this trend of suicide by cop. Let's think about this for just a second. Suicide by cop is a way to kill yourself where you get the police to kill you. It seems to be more effective than jumping off a building. And it's rising in popularity. It's becoming a go-to way to kill yourself. Now, again, let's think about that for a second. A mentally ill or, at minimum, mentally distressed person knows that they can make a few simple gestures and get trained, calm, level-headed professionals to kill you. Let me say that again. A mentally ill person knows he can act in a very simple way that will make a fully competent, trained professional execute him. Guaranteed. How the fuck is this not a problem? How the fuck do the trained professionals who wear armor, how are they all always the victim in these fucking situations? How are they not bear any responsibility for pulling the trigger every time? Guaranteed. If I was mentally ill right now and I wanted to end my own life, or maybe I, I don't have the ability to end my own life. Maybe I'm too scared to do that myself, so I'll get somebody else to do it for me. But you don't have to go out and hire a hitman. All you got to do is raise something. Fuck, there's people with cell phones. I'll raise my cell phone at a police officer in the right manner. I could probably get them to kill me. It should not be that easy. I, I, don't, know, I don't know how this is even so controversial. I, I just don't. And, you know, again, a lot of people could say, oh, what do you, what do you wait? What do you wait for him to shoot you? Maybe. Again, I, I wasn't there. I'm not in that situation. So it's very hard for me to be hypothetical. But I can imagine that it would also be very hard for me to kill a kid. Much harder than it was for these four men. Four of them. There was no other way to subdue him. None of these four men could flank the kid, take him from the side, tackle him, shoot him in the foot. No, that's not realistic. Taser? Nah. Pepper spray? Nah. Duck and take cover and confirm he's got a real fucking weapon? Nah, just fucking kill him. No questions asked. And now you're going to have thousands of people act like you're the fucking victim. Because you murdered a kid. Oh, what he had to do. Can you imagine? He didn't fucking have to do that. I'm sorry. And and again, you can take this any way you want. But it should not be so easy to kill people. It should not be this easy to kill yourself by getting another person to shoot you. Do you realize how ludicrous this is? I'm sorry. And again, I, I, I don't want anyone to have any harm whatsoever. I don't want a police officer shot. I certainly don't want one killed. But this, like, it's us or them 
situation is created by the police. They are the ones that made it that binary choice. They are the ones that didn't use any other tactic, didn't even attempt any other tactic. Couldn't even verify that it was a real gun. Or that he actually intended to shoot. Again, mentally ill, troubled person. I understand everyone's fear. I understand everyone's concern. But I find it very hard to believe that this was the only option. And if this is the only option, that we are training our professionals with, it's time to rewrite the fucking book and come up with some new ones and train them with those. It's, it, it, it infuriates me how easy it is to go after these people, to, to, to make the killers the victim. I, I don't know. It's, it's maddening. But that's the world we live in. Right now we got the officer who knelt on George Floyd's neck till he was dead. He's on trial. Most folks don't even make it to trial. It'll be interesting to see the outcome of that. But, again, my issue is really almost more with the public. How are you so okay with killing a sick person as the only possible option. I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. What do we want to go to next? Let's make fun of Dave Ramsey. I haven't watched this entire clip, but to me these are kind of interesting. So conservative Dave Ramsey tells people how to manage their money. Joshua is in Texas. Hey Joshua, welcome to the Dave Ramsey show. Oh, good afternoon, sir. How are you doing today? Better than I deserve. What's up in your world? <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Well, I have sort of a conundrum. I kind of got a late start in life because I uh, spent a lot of time taking care of, like, sick and dying family. Mm. And now that I'm getting started, I I started to hear about you. I had a boss at an old job that gave me one of your leadership books. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Jesus. so I've been trying to change things up. Mm-hmm. I have about... $40,000 in debt, uh, about 37 of it is medical bills from when I broke my shoulder and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. My thing mm-hmm. is, is I, right now, I door dash and stuff doing a- Did you hear that guy? How much debt he's in for medical bills? It doesn't happen in most other Western countries, FYI. About between 14 to 20K a year, but I, I want to get a career going, and I was going to go to school for culinary art. It's about 46000 My question 46000 for cooking school? Jack, you're an expert in that field. Is that, is that like the going rate? Or is this some like elite school this guy's trying to go to? Should I focus on trying to pay down my debt first, or should I go to school and... and and let that, you know, some grants and, and the student loans and stuff and go a little bit more into debt to get that career going. Oh, this is, what's he going to say? Take on the debt for school? Or go be a minimum wage Uber guy? The fuck? 
Well, I always believe you know, in getting. So a, kind of, I always believe in getting a career going. I never believe in going in debt to do it. Jack says something like the CIA, which is the Culinary Institute of America, or schools in Europe. Yes, and I could see that. But so what you're saying is, Jack, is that's a that's a premium school price. That's not a. I just want to learn how to cook, and take my talent somewhere. It's a. I want to pay for that piece of paper that makes me extra impressive because it was expensive. Same as going to Syracuse University versus community college. There's got to be another way. I always take debt off the table, and I say, okay, well, with no debt, how can I still pull this off, and what are some other things that I can do, other ways I can get at that? So how old are you? Uh, I am 30. I just turned 34 a couple months ago. Okay, cool. And you want to be a big-time chef? Uh, yes, sir. I have, I've, I've always loved cooking, learned from my grandpa and my grandma and my dad, and okay. it's just something I want to do for my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Can I... Can I ask, if that's something you want to do with your life and you've got a family history of it, sounds like you probably already know how to cook. You might be pretty good at cooking. Why aren't you doing that? You don't need a degree to go work in a restaurant. I I mean, a lot of restaurant cooks are the least educated people in town, incredibly talented with a frying pan. But my point is he's talking about like driving Uber and, and doing these other things. If this is the business you want to get into, and this goes for anything, get into it. This this idea that you've got to have everything perfect and every duck in a row before you even begin is the best way to fail. You know, if if you want to be a chef, you take that low-paying line cook job and you learn from professional chefs and you show them your talent, which they will, with any luck, help you develop, give you that resume, give you the opportunity to show off your talents, might get you to where you want to be at a top-rated restaurant quicker than your $50,000 degree. It might. It might not. But this whole idea of, I want a career in this, and I'm not even dipping my toe in this, is a red flag to me. I got you. Okay, that's cool. And uh, so, I mean, and I, I mean, I will, I will qualify for the Pell Grant. I know that, so that'll get me, you know, between six and eight. For the total course, it's forty-six thousand. So that takes me down to like thirty-nine. Yeah, thirty-nine thousand dollars. That's a luxury car. Holy shit! Study somewhere else if you can't find a way to pay for this. Well, uh, there's a hmm. lot of places to study culinary arts. Yes, sir. Well, this is he's right. Art Institute. It's yep. one of the only locations available to me here in San Antonio. So, so move. <laughs> well, see, right now, what one thing that I'm liking is that. I mean, sure. So move. Because that's easy to do for a guy who just told you he lives on 14k a year. Oh, sure. I got three months' rent to put down on a deposit on a new place in another city, and I can afford a moving truck, and who knows if this guy's got a family. I can't remember if he said he did or not, but we'll uproot all of them. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Hey, Dave Ramsey, your show got canceled. Now you should probably move like across the country to get another one. You got the means, so maybe that's like a, a no big deal to you, but... For normal people that don't have money to start with, just move. 
It's a fucking stupid thing to say. I agree, find a cheaper school, but just move. What a what a joke! That's the thing about these guys; they're so fucking out of touch that their advice is comical. I live in a house that I'm a part owner of, so there's no mortgage payment. I own my car; it's an '06. So, like, I've I've been able to keep what I have to pay out is very minimal. Jack says, when I was cooking at the casino, I was doing the same job as folks with that culinary degree, and they're all making $14 an hour. Yes, uh, says, I worked with a guy who spent 10 years learning with no degree and eventually got promoted to head chef. And, and that's what I'm saying, especially in this particular field. There are some fields, you know, you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, there is no way around the schooling, none whatsoever. But if there's uh, almost any other career... Almost any other. You can learn on the job and in many cases get a better education that way. Or you can start at an entry level and build yourself up. Uh, again, this this I this scam that I have to spend fifty thousand dollars on this fancy school, and if I do, that will generate an immediate return and I'll start making a hundred grand a year as soon as I finish. Totally false. It's not, unfortunately, not the way the world works. And honestly, it would be great if these schools that pitched those things and promoted that idea were somehow held accountable. Like, you know, if you say with this degree, you can go earn a hundred grand a year, whatever the number is. And it's shown that on average, people cannot. Of course, there's a case by case basis, but. On average, if, if we're finding all their graduates absolutely cannot find that type of job, well, the school should be held accountable for that. Their tuition should be decreased. Those folks should get potentially a refund. Because, again, if you're going to run this as a for-profit business, there should be some consequences, just like any other product. If you're selling a lemon, if it doesn't do what you're selling it to do, which is get you a high-paying job as soon as you come out, Maybe we should look at that. Well, I basically I pay phone and insurance, mm -hmm. you know, and so. And your I'm rationalization to, with all that's causing you to look at going fifty thousand dollars in debt while you're already thirty-seven thousand dollars in debt to be a chef, most of which aren't yeah. going to make enough money to justify the cost that you've paid for this education. He's right. Yes, sir. There's not many hundred fifty thousand okay. dollar a year chefs. There's a few, but there's not many. And, and okay. so you're you're spending a lot of money to cook. He's right. You know, again, and I say especially in this particular profession, forget that debt. Just go do it. And you can build yourself up to making as much as you can in your market in that position, which might be more than enough to, to live on, to maybe even have a nice living. If you don't have an additional 50K in debt on top of it, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've got I've got several friends that are celebrity chefs that make serious money and that own restaurants and are big time in that world. And so I'm not saying don't live your dream. I'm saying don't live your dream in such a way that it becomes a nightmare. And so you need okay. to think about a different way to skin this cat. Now, another possibility is find a company that is opening some restaurants that you can work for in the kitchen and they will consider paying for some or all of your tuition for you to 
I don't I don't know how often that happens in the restaurant world. In other parts of corporate America, that honestly might be good advice because there are some places that understand the value of if we get somebody good in and we trained them, make them exactly the way we want them, we invest in them, they will in many cases show loyalty. Not always, but most times. They will show loyalty, they will stay, and they will become an asset. It's a mutually beneficial relationship. Jack says the casino does do that. So that's cool. That's good to see. Uh, I still err on the side of in, in the cooking field, if you can be in a kitchen with a master chef, you can learn more from them than any fucking university on the planet. I, I just believe that to be the case. And again, in this particular field, I wouldn't encourage anybody to pay tens of thousands of dollars for that sheet of paper. I don't, I don't need a sheet of paper that tells me a good chef. I need a meal in front of me. Win me over with my taste buds, and you won to become one of their corporate chefs. Okay. That's another uh, way to do it. Maybe, but that might involve, maybe, that might involve moving too. But listen, right now yeah. you're making you might you're making 14k. Let's say someone gave yeah, you a job making 40k as a sous chef where you're just chopping veggies, okay? You're just getting everything ready for the guy to come in. You you're you're doing all the work and getting none of the credit. That's the sous chef, okay? <laughs> Yes, sorry, <laughs> sorry to you sous chefs, but I know you do all the work, okay? And so, you know, you're in the kitchen doing the work, you're in the training program, but you're making thirty or forty thousand, which is a lot more than you're making now. You can afford to pay rent in an apartment in that town to go live your dream. And oh, by the way, they're gonna pay your tuition to go to culinary arts school, maybe a different one. But that's okay. But culinary arts his this is the problem I have with Dave Ramsey is that he, he has somewhat decent advice, reasonable advice, but then he just goes way off into the unrealistic. This just move. Just get a job with one of these corporations that'll pay for your culinary degree. Just get a 40K sous chef job. You know, folks like this always throw these things out there like, oh, fuck. Why didn't I think of that? Yep, I'll just go do that because I have the resources. I have ten grand in the bank to pick up and move my family to another city. No big deal. I'm telling you how broke I am, but it's so easy to make these moves that require a lot of capital. And, and this is the issue that I have with these folks, Dave Ramsey and the ilk, that are supposedly financial experts and have the best advice. Yeah, they might have great advice if you have unlimited resources. Yeah, why don't you just do this? Why don't you just buy a house in another city? Oh, yeah, shit. I should have thought of that. This is all over the map what you can pay for it, and then the results are all over the map in terms of what you end up making. It's not like getting an engineering degree. You get an engineering degree, you pretty much know what you're going to make. He's right. Depending on the type of engineering you're going into, but it's a very predictable outcome as a result of getting that deal. Chefing is a little bit like acting. Uh, there's Chefing? some of them that make really big money, and the rest of them are broke. And so uh, you can you can make good money, and I don't want you to not live your dream. I'm not telling you to do that. 
but let's not go spend 46000 because that's a guarantee you're going to make ninety. because it's not. I can't really argue with that. He's right on that point. The thing is, expand that to multiple other professions. You really have to look at the ROI on some of these educational opportunities that we have today. I am very pro-education, but I, I wish people would stop and weigh their options of, do I go to this traditional, very expensive college? Can I learn the same things in a quarter of the time, in a quarter of the price at a trade school? Can I learn more? Or would I be financially better off five, eight years down the road if I try to just do on-the-job training, if I just try to get myself in as a very entry-level person in whatever field it is or whatever company it is that I dream of having a high-level position in and try to learn on the job. For a lot of jobs, that is one of the best ways to go. And, and somebody that does four years of, say, apprenticeship for example, is way ahead of the game on year five as opposed to the person that spent four years in college and started their job on year five. And again, that's not the case for every situation. It's a case-by-case -case deal, but we got to look at these things and we got to speak rationally about them because unfortunately, the college system is becoming out of control. The tuition, and again, this is driven by a lot of for-profit entities. This isn't just a matter of, like, rising costs in the world. The costs of college have outpaced inflation. They've skyrocketed to ridiculous levels. And then the predatory student loans come in, and they give teenagers more money than I spent on my home with the promise of, well, as soon as you graduate, you're going to be making so much money, you'll pay this all off in a second— Never fucking happens. People are working till retirement with student loan debt. We, we have to, again, not take this as a binary situation. You either go to expensive school or you fail. That is not reality. And we've got to stop having conversations as if that were the reality. We need to explore the other opportunities for people to grow and do what they enjoy. You know what? As much as I knock conservative Dave Ramsey. I respect how he repeated, I don't want you to not live your dream. I respect that he didn't tell that guy, there's no money in fucking cooking. Go spend 50 grand on accounting school and become an actuary. There's a lot more money in that. He didn't say that. He said, I, I, I want you to live your dream. And that is the right approach. Because the reality is, if you pick a job, if you per pick a career, you pick a major because you heard there was money in it, you may or may not be all that interested in it other than the money aspect. You've chosen the wrong thing, and, and if not fail, you're going to find a massive lack of happiness at minimum. Do what you enjoy. Do what you're naturally good at. Focus on those things. There's so many opportunities. If you're into cars, you're into animals, you're into sports, you know, you can be a big baseball fan 
and not become the next Derek Jeter, but still have an incredible lifelong career in the world of baseball. So many different levels, so many different things. That's the thing. Find your passion, work towards it, but be smart about it. Don't drop tens of thousands of dollars with the delusion that that's going to equal instant success, because unfortunately it won't. It'd be great if it did. I mean, it fucking should, right? In all reality, like, if I send my kid to college, costs her $100,000, that really should buy you something. That really should get you the credentials and the experience and everything you need to come out and get a job where you can go make seventy or $100,000 a year. Right? That, that, that ROI, that return on investment for tuition should have some sort of balance. It doesn't. And lastly, we'll talk about Jeff Bezos for one minute. Because the headline is, Bezos will spend $1 billion a year to fight climate change. Wow. What a hero. Jeff Bezos made a billion dollars since I've been on the air this morning. That might not be 100% accurate, but it's real close. (laughs) So this whole, like, I'm going to spend a billion on something is like, here's this year's tax deduction. And people are supposed to go, yay, oh, isn't it great? He's giving a billion. Now, sure, it's better than not giving a billion, right? Could be zero, which is an idiotic mindset to me. But the thing that bothers me about a guy like Jeff Bezos to, to bring this show full circle in my leftist views, when he gets to the point where he's at today, and keep in mind, he ran Amazon for many years not turning a profit, including the years where it had really started to take off and was really generating a lot of revenue. He put every penny of it back into the company to grow it. He's now obviously hit the point where it is the juggernaut that it is, and he's starting to collect. I don't have any problem with that theory. The issue that I have is you've reached this point and a not in my opinion, properly thank the people that got you there. If I was Jeff Bezos and I ran a company that made the money that Amazon does, I would have the most well-paid workforce in the country. Because again, my idea of a business successes is how big people's paychecks are not how big the profit number is on the computer screen today. But setting all that aside, think about the money he's made. Hundreds of billions of dollars. Hundreds of billions. A small portion of that could end homelessness in the United States. A small portion of that could end hunger in the United States. Why wouldn't you just do that? Like, this is the thing that really boggles my mind. You're a capitalist. You want to be rich. You want to do whatever. You've done it, Jeff. You've won the game. You are the top of the top of the top. All you're doing right now is you're just adding more to the pile. It's fucking foolish. Why don't you do something genuinely good? Oh, I'm going to spend a billion a year to fight climate change. His ex-wife gave away $8 billion this year. Why won't? Why wouldn't you want to be famous for doing 
something amazing. Why wouldn't you want to take that $5 billion, $10 billion, whatever it is? It's a pocket change to this asshole. And be the guy that ended homelessness in the United States of America. What if you put up Jeff Bezos homeless shelters in every town in this country? You could do that. You could instantly end homeless homelessness and be known as the guy who got rich and then solved one of society's biggest problems all on his own. He would be a superhero rather than the evil villain that he is in many cases accurately portrayed as. Same thing with hunger. Why don't you just decide, I'm going to knock out hunger. I have the ability to fucking do that. Why wouldn't you want that to be your legacy? Especially when it would have zero impact on his life whatsoever. I mean, he lo- look how much money he lost in his divorce. His wife got it. Huge, huge, huge billions and billions and billions of dollars of his. Didn't change his life a tiny bit. Jeff Bezos looked at his bank account and got... Oh, yeah. Doesn't look any different than it did yesterday. I don't know, man. What I do know is that I appreciate folks listening to the Matt Major Show. And that today's instant replay is starting right now. There may or may not be a show tomorrow morning. Pay attention to your live notifications. Uh, Because I wasn't on on Monday, I might do a Friday show, even though I don't normally. We'll see. It'll be fun. Follow me everywhere. Like, subscribe, ring the bell, turn on notifications. Just just click buttons for me, guys. That's really all I ask. <laughs> it's the Med Major Show. We'll see you later.